Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Why don't you stand to your feet? And uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, maybe you're here for the first time or hearing me. I've been coming here now for about six, seven years. And, um, and uh, you're probably sitting there going, why is this guy dressed in pastels? Well, I almost, I kind of say the same thing when I come out here. Why is everybody wearing boots and jeans and flannels and almost nervous they have a gun and everybody drives a truck I never owned a truck in my life well I'm from Palm Springs California that's why I have to represent the palm trees right and uh, so we have a few campuses and God has really blessed us we love Pastor Jacob and Michelle they're our pastors and they've just been an extreme blessing to us and so we definitely feel like we're at home so it's good. We kind of exchange staff. So he sends us his bad ones. I send him my bad ones. No, I'm joking, you know, so I'm joking. But no, we, 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 do, we do some good things. First Peter chapter 2, the book of First Peter chapter 2. This is Peter writing after a revelation of what he gets. I always say most believers identify with Peter in the New Testament and identify with David in the old. And the one common denominator is that they all and both have fallen. But when they got up, they got up better. And he says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to spend the next few minutes talk to you a message I've entitled Your Royal Identity. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never never be the same in Jesus name and all the people that came to service say amen and amen and amen well before you see it give someone a high five and say you wish you looked as good as me you wish you looked as good as me if you were God How would you introduce yourself? It's interesting because you would think that he would introduce himself as the God of love, but he doesn't. Maybe the God of salvation, but he doesn't. The God of hope, the God of miracles. When God introduced himself for the very first time, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, he introduced himself as a God who creates. 
Most of the time when you meet someone for the first time, you really try to leave one attribute of yourself that really identifies who you are. Yet God knowing that, he introduced himself as the God who who creates. And so then we see that the next five days, his creativity begins to unfold. He cannot speak about a son being in place unless he had a son in his mind. He could not speak about creating oceans and stars unless he had it in his mind. And so the first few days of creation, you get a picture of what was in his mind as you seen it, as it was being created in our sight. And yet for the first five days, everything that was created came out of his mouth. And it wasn't until the sixth day that something shifted. He could not create man from his mouth. He had to form them with his hands. And it tells you that God's hand isn't on trees, in the oceans or the waters, the stars or the moon, but his hands are on you. And so when God decided that I'm going to make man, he was going to make him different than any other thing that this creative God created. Man would be too great just to be spoken out of his mouth. So he said, I'm going to make man not in perfection, but I'm going to make man in my reflection. And the Bible says in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in my image. And according to my likeness. So man was created differently because it didn't come out of the mouth of God. It came from the hand of God. But everything that came out of the mouth of God was created to be a substance and not a reflection. So when God created trees, a tree is a tree. It'll always be a tree and it could be nothing else but a tree. When he created a dog or he created a cow or he created the stars or he created the moon, those will be substances in which he created that those will be what they are and they can only be what they are and they can never change who they are. But when he made man, he didn't make man as a substance. He made man as a reflection. And so that is why the first thing God had to give to man was his identity because he understood that your life will be consumed not by what you do, neither by who you are, 
but your life will be identified by what you reflect. And this is why mankind always deals with an identity problem. Your cat doesn't compare itself with the dog. The trees don't compare themselves with the flowers. But because you and I, being created as a reflection, only take on the identity of what we are reflecting. And so this is why when Adam fell in the garden, that the first attack on man was identity. When Lucifer or the serpent tempted Eve, he said to her, if you will eat of this fruit, you will be like God. When in all reality, man was never meant to be like God, but we were created as a reflection to be God-like. And so the only temptation you'll ever get in life it can come in all kinds of different forms through trials, tribulations, storms, temptation, all these different things. But it always goes down to the one thing. And that is, are you going to switch your reflection by equaling yourself with God to say, I am going to be like God. So therefore, I'm going to take control of my life and I'm going to do what I want to do. Or am I going to stay submitted as a reflection and say, I'm going to be God-like and I'm going to take on everything God's called me to be. Amen. Come on, I'm just warming up right now. Can I, just, can I go deeper? And so when God creates man, he creates him as a reflection. The first thing he gives them is identity. The first attack in the garden was identity. And then when Jesus gets baptized and he gets led by the spirit of God into the wilderness, he is tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the first attack on Jesus was identity. When Satan looked at him and says, if thou be the son of God, what do you mean if thou be the son of God? We used to kick it in heaven together. What are you talking about? Because the reality is, is that you are what you reflect. This is why, you know, in church we use metaphors like, oh, well, when you're far from God, you're lost. Well, theologically, no one is really lost from God. I mean, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. So theologically, it's kind of, you're not kind of lost from God. It's like, it's like when your kids were small, right? And they said, daddy, daddy, let's play hide and go seek. And, and you're going to count to 20 and I'm going to go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> but what was loss mean? It meant for the very first time when God looked down on earth, he couldn't see himself. So he stepped out and walked in the cool of the day because he was trying to find man to see what are they wearing and what are they reflecting. 
And so the reason why God left the 99 to go after the one, it was because the one wasn't reflecting like the 99. And that is the same reason why God never gave up on you. You walked into a club, he was out there waiting for you to help you get home. You, you, you were out there partying and doing your thing, girl, and you was flossing and you was, you know, you had that little dab going on and all this kind of stuff. And God says, okay, I'm going to let you reflect what you want to reflect, but there's going to be a day that I'm going to catch up to you and you're going to take on the right reflection in Jesus' name. Come on, am I talking to somebody? so why do you think the devil attacks identity because the first thing that God gave man was identity and then he says let us make man in my image and give him dominion he understands that your dominance is connected to the right identity So the reason why some of you are losing battles is not because you don't have a lot of God. It's because you're not reflecting him. You're reflecting what's on TikTok and you're reflecting what's on on Instagram and, and you're doing all these things. But the reality is, is the fact that your power only comes by the God in which you reflect. Let me help you out here. The devil ain't afraid of you, but he's definitely afraid of who you reflect. And when he sees God all over you, he doesn't want to mess with you. And so here's what we've done during COVID. Oh, I'm going to preach today. See, y'all saw, y'all saw this pink shirt. Like, who is this guy? Okay. We started taking on depression, anxiety, fear, and you're reflecting things. And you're reflecting these. And when you reflect fear and anxiety and brokenness and pain, Drugs, alcohol, all those are a reflection. And then you wonder why you ain't walking in authority. You see, identity is less about where you're going and it's more about who you're becoming. Most of us want to put our identity in where we're going. And it's like, man, I'm going to be over there. I'm going to make it. And, and all of a sudden, we start putting our identity in what we do, our job, our status. Let me just help you out here that Jesus didn't grow in status. He grew in stature. You know, you start talking to somebody and next thing you know, they roll out a Rolodex. And you're like, brother, I didn't ask you all that. I was just trying to say hi. But we start putting our identity in our work. We start putting our identity in all these things because at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to find a reflection. And identity is less about where you're going and it's more about who you're becoming. In other words, you'll never get to the place, watch this, you will never get to the place you're supposed to be still looking like you used to be. 
And some of you are like, man, I just know that God has something for me over there. And he sure does have something for you over there because God always has the end before he even has the beginning. Why don't you ask the children of Israel? He says, I'm going to deliver you out of Egypt, but there's already a land that's flowing with milk and honey and it's just waiting for you to come. But the reality is, is that it was supposed to take them 11 days from get to here to there, but it took them 40 years. Why did it take them 40 years? Because God delivered them in one night, but it took them 40 years to get themselves back to the reflection they were always meant to be. And so at the end of the day, we're trying to find it over there. And God's saying, I got that for you. I got that dream for you. I got those hopes and aspirations. It's all made out already, but I cannot allow you to be who you are here. To function in the place that I got for you over here. And so this is why God is sitting there saying it's time for the church to get back to its royal identity and remind ourselves that we are children of the most high God. We are heirs of the kingdom. Come on, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We are children of God. God is, God is spirit. You were born spirit first. Genesis 1:26. You were born spirit. And then Genesis 2 verse 7. He formed you from the dust of the ground. And you were born flesh. You were born spirit. And then you were born flesh. And flesh messed it up and disconnected you by spirit. So this is why you had to be born. Why? Because being born again means that now the flesh has been overcome and I go back to my rightful position from the very first time I was born and it's called spirit. Some of you looking at me like, okay, you're going to make me explain it, right? Well, when my daughter was born, she was born nosy. <laughs> she was a miracle child. We were believing God for five years. Doctor told us we'd never have kids. We had a building project. God says, instead of putting that in in vitro, sow that seed. In 30 days, my wife was pregnant. We had a miracle child. My, 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 daughter, my daughter is a miracle child. My son is an oops. Oops. Oh, Lord. Right? <laughs> Jesus. So my daughter comes out and her head's out and she's doing this. She's looking around. I go, God, this girl going to be nosy. <laughs> Clean her all up. Give it to her mom. I walk out and all my family's there. Lissette's white. I'm Hispanic. She's sugar. I'm cinnamon. Her family took up two couches. My Hispanic family took up three rooms. Come on, Hispanics, we rode deep, right? So I had to gather the whole family. La familia, come on here. We gather the whole family. And Hispanics are, are, are funny. Like they don't, they, they don't ask you, how's she doing? 
Like my wife's family, I love white people. How's she doing? I'm like, she's good. She got about three nurses and doctors. She's fine. I was right next to her. My family, they ain't asking how she doing. First thing they want to know, who does she look like? I said, don't worry, y'all. She got some olive skin. She gonna be all right. So my wife, my, my daughter, she going, she getting a little older, and and and, and we start, we're starting to take her to some visit, some colleges. <laughs> so we went to visit a college, and my daughter, she she's pale until she gets in the sun. Then that olive Puerto Rican come out of her. She got them curly locked hairs though. So we was getting off, and and my wife and and I, and we were getting ready to go on the admissions. I said, honey, why don't you just stay in the car? You don't have to worry about that. I'll take care of that. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, absolutely. And uh, so she's like, great. So my daughter walks in. I said, honey, I'm going to tell you one thing. You need to tell me Puerto Rican. Because we need that discount. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm going to work that thing, right? So when my daughter's born, they go, she look like I'm like well she got all the skin like me she got my nose she got my toes she got Lissette's you know forehead chin ears I mean she good looking she look like me I'm talking about. if it's the case that our flesh when it's born would reflect our parents then shouldn't it be the same that our spirit reflects our father? You see, at the end of the day, we are all given the reflection. And so then God said, well, if I'm going to give you my reflection... I'm also going to give you a domain because you can't have dominion unless you have a domain. And so my domain, speaking of God, is of the heavens. It's why everything in the heavens worships God. But when God created the earth, he didn't create the earth for his pleasure. He created the earth for your pleasure. Everything on earth feeds you. God ain't having a steak tonight. So our domain is the earth. And this is why when God created Adam and Eve, he gave him his reflection. And then he says, okay, now I'm going to place you in the garden. And I'm going to place you in a place where you're to work the work. You're to work it. And I'm going to give you the ability to work it. I'm not going to give you the ability to create it because you're not the creator. But I'm going to give you the ability to recreate what I've created. And it is in the domain called earth. And this is why we are creative beings created by the creator to recreate. So the way we make life and the way we make it in life is that we recreate things. It's like God creates an orange. Someone recreated it and made orange juice. God creates the cow. We recreate it 
and get filet mignons. God creates the pig. We recreate it. Come on and we get some sausage and bacon. God creates the tree and they recreate it and turn it into lumber. God creates the silicon out of sand and they recreate it and make computer chips. At the end of the day, our responsibility is to recreate. Oh, you're going to make me preach, right? So this is why when the devil throws something at you, he throws depression, you can recreate that thing and say, I don't accept that. I'm going to accept that I got the joy of the Lord. That's my strength. When he throws depression at you, you can recreate that thing and say, God, I got the peace that surpasses all understanding because God has given me peace in Jesus' name. Come on, you are a recreator in Jesus' name. So he puts the man in the garden and he tells him to go to work. You got to work. You got to work the work. You got to work the work. You got to work the work. Your pastor can't work your work. You all got to work. You got to work the work. And you work the work by speaking. Because it's the same way he built it. He built it by speaking. Come on, and this is why you're to call those things that be not as though they already are. Come on, this is why when you agree, this is why when you agree when all hell is breaking loose against you, it stays. But when you disagree with it and you take on your recreative being and you speak to that in Jesus' name, that's why Mark 11 verse 23 and 24 says, speak to the mountain. Because if you ain't going to speak at it, it's going to speak at you. And so what does he do? He puts him in the garden, work the work. Genesis 2 verse 15, put the man in the garden, go to work. Man went to work, went home, no honey, no food. He's like, all right, I'm going to give you a lady. So he puts him to sleep, opens up his rib, and brings out a prime rib. Come on. I'm sure a lot of us men had some ribs, but when you have a wife, come on, she's your prime rib. So why didn't he take a toe? Why didn't he take a toe? He could have took a toe, but why didn't he take a toe? Because he never meant for a man to walk all over a woman. Why, 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 why didn't he, why did he take a finger? He could have took a finger, but he could have had four. <laughs> he didn't take a finger because he never meant for a man to put his hand on her. He took a rib from the side because the woman's not to be ahead, but she's not made to be behind. She's supposed to be in sync, side by side. If one can put a thousand to flight, come on, two can put 10,000 to flight. Whatever two or three touch and agree, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. So he says, Genesis 2 verse 15, Work. Genesis 2 verse 18, I'll give you a woman. Genesis 2 verse 15, work. Genesis 2 verse 18, I'll give you a woman. Genesis 2 verse 15, work. Genesis 2 verse 18, I'll give you a woman. Genesis 2 verse 15, work. Genesis 2 verse 18, I'll give you a woman. Genesis 2 verse 15, 
work. Genesis 2 verse 18, give you a woman. It's biblical. Man got to have a job before he get a woman. That's Bible. That's not Pastor Obed, that's Bible. That's why ladies, when you see him and, and he sees you and he's like, girl, you so fine. You just look at him and say, do you have a job? It, this don't continue unless you got a job. So the blessing of God is identity. But he didn't stop there. In Genesis 12, he blesses a man by the name of Abram. And he tells him in Genesis 12, verse 2 through 3, he says, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. And I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you will curse and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. You say, but, 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 but Pastor Obed, I'm, I'm not Jewish. Well, how does that deal with me? Because in Galatians chapter 3, it says this in Galatians chapter 3, if you belong to Christ, not to Abraham, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's what? Come on, you are Abraham's what? And heirs according to the what? What promise? The promises of Genesis 12. The promise of Abraham is prosperity, not lack, not poverty, not scarcity, prosperity. So the blessing of God is identity. The blessing of Abraham is prosperity. But he doesn't stop there. He goes even further. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, now if we are children, then we are what? Come on, then we are what? Heirs of God and co-heirs with who? If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So the blessing of God is identity. The blessing of Abraham is prosperity. And the blessing of Jesus is authority. Let me break this down for a moment. The blessing of God is identity. The blessing of Abraham is what? Prosperity. And then the blessing of Jesus is what? Come on, let me start all over again. I'm going to get you in this. The blessing of God is what? The blessing of Abraham is what? And the blessing of Jesus is what? So don't you know that the ultimate goal for you to possess what's been repossessed, to recreate what's been created, is that you got to have authority. But in order to have authority, you got to have prosperity. But you won't have authority and you won't have prosperity if you keep on letting the devil rob you from your... Come on, are you hearing me? Why do you think he's fighting you every day, telling you you're not good enough, 
telling you you'll never make it, telling you that you're big, you're skinny, you're tall, you're short. He's telling you all these things. You want to know why? Because he's trying to get you out of your identity because he understands if you got your identity, come on, you got your prosperity. And when you got your prosperity, you are walking in dominion and you got his authority in Jesus' name. You ain't nothing. What makes you think you're going to get that deal? What gives you the right to dream that kind of dream? Who are you to have that kind of business? Let me remind you where you were raised. Let me remind you how you grew up. You are on welfare and all you have is a welfare mindset. And this is what you do. You look at him and say, are you talking about my flesh? Or are you talking about my spirit? Because at the end of the day, I've overcome my flesh. Let me remind you that I'm a child of God. I am an heir to God. I'm a child of the King. I'm the daughter of the Most High God. I'm a man of God. I walk in wisdom. I walk in favor. Come on, I got the favor of Joseph. Come on, I got the leadership of Moses. I got prophetic insight like Isaiah. I'm a builder like Nehemiah. Come on, I got prophetic utterance like Jehoshaphat. Come on, I'm a worshiper like David. Come on, devil, do you want me to continue to remind you who I am? So when he starts throwing thoughts at you like that, you're not going to get that promotion. Oh, no, 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 let me remind you. Psalm 77 says promotion comes from the Lord. <laughs> I was made for that. Oh, oh, no, there's no way you can buy that house. What are you talking about, man? If God's already preparing for me a mansion up there, you think he wants me to live? He wants me to experience it down here. The matter of fact, the Bible says he's made houses and they are being built for you. Oh, but you know, you know, your kids, they're never going to make it. What are you talking about? Ask for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Oh, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, my children are blessed. You're always going to stay broken. I'm always going to stay broken. You mean you're talking about broken and humbled? You talk. You tell him who you are. Because you understand and you have a revelation that if he takes your identity, there goes your prosperity. And now all of a sudden you're still living in lack again. And then you've got to convince yourself, if I just get a better job, or if I just get, if I make more money, if I start doing other things. No, 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 baby. Let me tell you something. God can bless you exactly where you're at. It has nothing to do. Let, let, let me help you out here, sweetheart. He's not job gyra. He's Jehovah gyra. Stop thinking that it's your job. It's your identity. He's fighting this because he knows if you start looking like your father, you're going to start talking like your father. (laughs) And then you're going to start walking like your father. And then you're going to start inheriting like your father. And then next you're going to start possessing like your father. And all of a sudden people are going to be attracted to you and they're going to say, baby, how did you get to where you're at today? You got this authority. Man, it looks like your family's doing well. Well, because I took back my identity. My, my, my kids, my, my mother, my dad went on, on welfare when we were a kid because he went on strike for a year and a half. He was a firefighter and then 
went on to own a business and showed us really what life can be. I'll never forget the day my mother brought in the powdered milk. Some of y'all remember that. Come on, government cheese. Best, 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 best. It clogged you up, but the best. Grilled cheese sandwich. You'll never taste. And my mother, she brought that powdered milk in. She put it in the corner. She says, come on, kids, come. Got us all around. She says, we will never open this up. Never open it up. For a year and a half, I saw people just knock on my door. God just spoke to me today to bring five gallons of milk. When we tell my mom, mom, I want that bike. She would, it would, I never heard my parents in my life say, we can't afford it. She would go, it's just not the right timing. Because she never wanted us to have the wrong identity. We'd come home, my sisters, you know, their hearts would be broken, I'd be the heartbreaker. And um, <laughs> so it'd be two different conversations. And my mom would be like, well, baby, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to cry over them. Mommy, they broke my heart. Oh, no, sweetie, let me remind you that when you were in my womb, I'd rub my stomach. And I'd say, Lord, as you're forming her, you're forming him as well. And she'd just say, oh, no, you, you, could, you can kiss him goodbye. He's not a fit for you. He's actually a fit for someone else. So the beauty about you guys breaking up is that you're not delaying each other's Roots and Boaz is coming together. She would always take us back to identity. You speak to your kids. I'd come in when I was hooked on drugs and alcohol, gang banging. I don't look like it now, but if I showed you a picture, boy, you see my curly hair. I had a jerry curl. Whole hair came all the way down here. Come on. Puerto Rican, baby. You don't think I can? Don't let the clothes fool you. I'd come home 3 o'clock in the morning, drunk, high. She'd open up the door. How's my preacher doing? Preach? I don't preach. I'm a gangster. How's my preacher doing? One day I came home, didn't know that, she didn't know that I got shot at. Had changed my clothes because my friend literally was bleeding in my lap. I come home and get in my room and back in them days you had a, you had a beat, you had a box, dual cassettes. And the only reason why you had a dual cassette was so that when you put one in, you can dub the other. Come on, and then sell it. Come on, it's called a hustle. Street hustle. I went from being a street hustler to a holy hustler. And, and, and so I, I went in, and I was going to press play. 
because I had some easy e in there. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Now, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Nah, nah, you youngsters don't. You think rap is... Brother, let me tell you about easy e Tupac. Dr. Dre. Luther, I better stop. And so I pressed play, and I heard, as the deer panted for the water. I'm like, what? Maybe I'm in the wrong room. Open up the cassette. It's Maranatha. I was like, what is Maranatha? I got so mad. I grabbed my sheets and I threw them off my bed. And I look back at my bed and I see a a stain of a cross. So I walked in my mother's room and woke her up. I said, Mama, what you been doing in my room? She goes, oh, mijo, it's, it's my prayer closet. I said, what, 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 what are you talking about? She goes, mijo, it's my prayer closet. See, my, my room's already holy and sanctified. I'm getting your room holy and sanctified. I told God, don't allow you to sleep until you come to get to know him. So if you want to go sleep in the living room and remain the way you are, keep on because I'll make the living room my, 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 my prayer closet. Because mijo, you're going to become everything God told me and promised me that you will become because you're acting out of character. Because that's not your identity. Your identity is that you're a man of God. Let me give you three things and then we're going to pray for people because the Holy Spirit's about to take place. It's it's, it's going to break in this house. It's already breaking. He's breaking layers right now, but he's going to break some things. Some of you are already weeping because he's dealing with you already. Let me give you three things. Three significant truths regarding your royal identity. Number one, the blessing of your royal nature cannot be overridden by people. The blessing of your royal nature cannot be overridden by people. Why can't it be and why can't it be overridden by people? It's simple. If man didn't create you, they can't cancel you. Some of you are walking around dreamless because some person hurt you, walked out on you, But let me remind you that they didn't create you. You don't have their identity. Matter of fact, God removed them out of your life because he got tired of looking down and not seeing himself on you. And so your world's not over. It's just begun. Because man, if he didn't create you, he can't cancel you. Jeremiah chapter one says this. Before I formed you. Before I formed you. Which means if I form you before, I have to have a picture of who you are in my mind. And so what happened was God gave, put his hands on you to form you. And what you did was that you heard a better picture. And so you took your life and you gave it to the person that told you 
a better picture. And then they began to form you when they never even had a picture of who you're supposed to be because they're not the people that have created you. And so when you took the hands of God off your life and you put your life into someone else's hands, you went from being formed to becoming deformed. And then you're trying to wonder who you are because you don't even know what you're looking like no more. And folks start telling you like, man, you, you sure are not acting like yourself. And then you try to get all holy. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. This is who I am. Accept it or not. No, no, no. This is not you, sweet bitch. This is not you, sir. This ain't you. you. You looking like something else. So you went from being formed, putting your life in someone's hands and became deformed. And that's why you had to come to Jesus and put your life back into his hands so that you can become transformed. All transformation means is that there's no evidence of where you came from. <laughs> you say, Pastor Obed, prove it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, all things have passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. Speaking of your spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but yet be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Speaking of your soul, both of those have to do with one metaphor, and that is how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. So at the end of the day, when was the last time you saw an evidence of a caterpillar in a butterfly? You don't. Because it didn't change. It was The second is that your inheritance flows down from God in proportion to your self-image you embrace by faith. Your inheritance flows down from God in proportion to the self-image you embrace by faith. To God, he gives everyone a measure of faith. How does that measure of faith come? It comes by hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, if that's true, and faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then it must be true on the other side. That doubt cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of man. Yes. Want me to rewind that? Was that too, too quick for you? If faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then it must be equally true if it's the other way around. That doubt cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of man. What are you talking about self-image? Self-image. We were all born the same. Our minds were blank. Who you are today is what you heard about yourself. Because you hear it, you think it, and then you do it. You hear it, you think it, then you do it. For what a man thinketh, so is he. Well, I can't think unless I hear. Because all thoughts are, are silent words. We talk down to our kids, they'll stay down. You speak life and they'll resurrect. You stop complaining and you start declaring. Complaining don't get you nowhere but backwards. 
Declaring according to Job 22, 28 says the words in which I declare, so will they be established. How can they be established? Because I'm a created being created by the creator to recreate. And so if something funny walks in my house, I'm going to recreate the whole thing by speaking to it. You say, but Pastor Bell, what are you talking about? First John 4, 17, I'm closing. First John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Here it is. Because as he is, not as he was, not as he's going, as he what? Well, worries is at right now. Is is at the right hand of the Father. Interceding for you from a finished place. He's not asking God. He's reminding him. Because when he said it is finished, it's done. So he says, as he is, so are in this what? Of course we are because we're his reflection. Of course we are because the earth is our domain. It's where he gives us dominion. You say, Pastor Obed, what does that mean? So as he is, so are we in this world. It means you have his life. You have his mind, you have his nature, you have his name, you have his ability, you have his wisdom, you have his favor, and you have his love. You mean to tell me you're going to exchange that for another identity? Then you wonder why you're walking powerless, dominated, insecure, intimidated. You're a child of God. And then lastly, number three, I feel the Spirit of God. Number three, you need to get a revelation of your royalty because it will take you from a life of pain to a life of purpose and significance. You got to see yourself this way. Let me put you in the lives of others. Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Lord, I'm, I'm old. Abraham had to see himself as a father. Uh, 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 um, Mary, you're going to get pregnant. But God, I'm 14. She had to see herself as the mother of the Messiah. What, what, uh, uh, Gideon? You're going to destroy them. Oh, no, God. He had to see himself as a mighty man of valor. Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Uh, 
what, what, he had to see himself as the deliverer of Israel. Nehemiah, what's up, Lord? Go rebuild. But God, look where I'm at. He had to see himself as a rebuilder. You will only get to the place until you get sick and tired of what you've been seeing. And you begin to change your perception and perspective on what you see. And whatever is spoken that doesn't match what you see, then it's not coming from him. Well, Pastor Obed, how do I know that? It's simple. Because Lucifer ain't a devil. He's an angel. Angels were created only to see to the horizon. God never gave the ability of angels to see into your tomorrow. And so the devil does not have the ability, nor does he have the qualification to have a conversation with you in regards to your tomorrow. Because he can't see it. So if he can't see your future, then why do you think he's always having a conversation with you about your past? You're not there no more. Come on, you got a new identity. You're a child of the king. You're headed towards your destiny. You're not going back anymore. That's who I was. That's not who I am anymore. Come on, you want to stand to your feet and give Jesus the biggest shout of praise right now. You're here today. Two things. No one moving around. I know you need to go, but there ain't nowhere to go. Well, I'm just trying to beat everybody. No, no, no. You're going to miss out on your miracle. Them hush puppies ain't worth it. Them greens give you gas. Spirit of God is here. We're going to honor the presence of Jesus right now. It's been working in you. Holy Spirit's here. As I was praying this morning, some of you have been so bound by the things you've done that it hasn't been the devil punishing you. It's been yourself. The Holy Spirit brought me here on an assignment tonight, today. To give you some clarity that you don't need to be delivered from what you think you need to be delivered from. Because the enemy will always have you focus on the problem. 
when God is never focused on the problem. You try to get his attention to talk to him about the problem, but he's never really, his focus is never really on the problem because why would you have your focus on a problem when you know you can already defeat it? So the problem is never really the problem. To God, the problem is that he needs you to reflect him. So you're trying to tell him your problems and he's trying to speak to you. And you're like, Lord, I'm going through this. He goes, I know. Well, Lord, aren't you going to take care of the winds? He goes, before I'm going to take care of you. And you've been, you've been weighed down, depressed, can't see. things you punish you get angry at your kids like as if it's their fault and it's you and you look at yourself and you're not happy you're not pleased all it is is that you're just wearing the wrong Holy Spirit is here to bring truth over you. He's going to tell you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He's going to tell you that you have more power inside of you than any force that's coming against you. He's going to tell you that he's going to pay your bills and take care of you because he's a father to the fatherless. He's going to tell you that that he ain't going to let your children go out that far. Those are his before they were yours. Today, the Holy Spirit is saying enough is enough. Stop playing around. Get planted. today I want my reflection back I'm tired of seeing what I see and I'm ready to see something different you're here today and you say Pastor Obed it's me I know it's, it's a lot of you we want to pray for you the pastor said that he says you could, you could do what you want to do well, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I normally do. In my church, we don't, we don't have folks standing. We haven't come forward. Because when, when there's a touch, there's a breakthrough. God's turning things around. I leaned over to the pastor and I said, I've had that song on replay for two weeks. God's turning things around. He's turning things around. He's turning things around. He's turning things around. Breakthrough's about to hit.